what I was going to say, Paige, is when I think about putting Maggie down, I still tear up and cry. When I think about putting Macy down, I get really happy. <laughs> and I just use that to cheer myself up. When when we put my brother down, we just hired a truck to do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, how much did it cost? A nineteen ninety nine U haul? <laughs> well, it de- the cost really depends on the blue book value. <laughs> well, and not to mention you have to pay for mileage and you could pay for gas mm-hmm, there mm-hmm, or charge mm-hmm, based mm-hmm. on how far you went or fill it up before you bring it back. I get it. It's a whole thing. Yeah, the day rate's super cheap. It's They feed you to death. Well, there's a new uh, app, Uber Death. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch, I was drinking. Ubernasia. Ubernasia! Oh, oh my God. Shit. Dr. Carvorkian? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Carvorkian is amazing. Just call me. I'm the truck executioner. Now do your shout out. I'm going to be over here crying and I'll just let me just read these shout outs real quick. Wait, no. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, like, you know those big wheels at like the demolition derby, like a monster Sunday, truck? Sunday, Sunday. The truck executioner's coming for you, brother. Yes. If somebody doesn't name their truck what? truck executioner, then I don't fucking know what. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Oh, oh my Todd, God. Stop laughing. He's just like. I'm really hurting now. Oh, truck executioner. Oh, that's better than truckosaurus and grave digger. Yeah. Well, I wish my day job was naming monster trucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's, that's nobody's day job, Mikey. Oh my nobody God. gets paid full time with benefits to name monster trucks. Hey, what are we gonna call this uh, this new truck that we have for this monster truck rally? I don't know. Don't we have a guy for this? <laughs> truck Satani Phil. If he sees his shadow, it's over for you fools. Cue my House Hunters episode where I'm like, this is Mikey. He's a uh, monster truck namer. His budget is $1.2 million. <laughs> it's bright green. Truck of the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Trucky charms. I'll keep, I'll keep workshopping it. It's fun. Leprechaun. Uh, Leprechaun is just It's like the car that goes out afterwards It's like the clown car Where like the doors and shit fall off of it Because it's a leper And because it's St. Patrick's Day Everyone's drunk driving You'll pay for the whole seat But Leprechaun will lose his (laughs) Give Irish car bombs A real meaning (laughs) Uh, Truck of the Irish Sponsored by the IRA <laughs> oh my god, here comes the Catholic Crusher coming for the truck of the Irish. <laughs> now we're getting too political, guys. So we're going to back off of this. <laughs> I'd be good at it. And all I had to do is keep in the joke about the truck killing my brother again. <laughs> all of that, all of that can be left in as long as I Get us there with the horrible joke I made about my brother. God, Logan, I'm so sorry my life has become this. I, I thought all of this was going to get cut out. I'm I'm losing my mind. 
All right, well, let me just read these shout-outs. This podcast brought to you by the following patrons. Danielle Damasaurus, Taco Cat, the number Jeff, Awesome Possum Blossom, Amy, Matthew, William, Brandon, Dave, Scott, Tristan, Kate, Isaac, Ori, Karun, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know that you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you'd like to hang out with us, do so in our Facebook group and or Discord server, where we talk daily. I think we may have enough laugh lines. (laughs) (laughs) Truck you! It's the all-female team, Mother Trucker. <laughs> Mother Truckers. They, they, they call their pit crew the wenches. Oh, my God, yes. Somebody call Danica Patrick. Isn't she retired? <sighs> she, could, she could drive. Oh. Now I'm just thinking of, like, the Catholic Racing Coalition from the previous joke and just calling it Mass Car. <laughs> Instead of going in a round, you have to go in a cross. <laughs> <laughs> There are so many wrecks at each end. <laughs> yeah, people diocese every year. <laughs> God, this joke is so dumb. Say goodbye to your father and your brother. <laughs> wow. I'm so- I'm so- wow. And the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst running joke we've ever had. Thank you for tuning into the Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made me watch Grave Grave Encounters Encounters 2. Now, Mikey, your first episode was Grave Encounters, and it was a magical, magical night, although that movie was terrifying. You are correct, sir. So, Paige, I know you watched the first Grave Encounters for this. Yeah. And because you weren't on that episode... Give me just a very high level of how you felt about the original. Okay, it's it's not the worst found footage I've ever seen, but I didn't love it. It has mm-hmm. really interesting concepts and some really cool different things that they did with it. I love the fact that it's set within a ghost hunting show. I think that's great. Yeah. But it has some real pacing problems because at a certain point in the movie... We, we find out that the hospital can change on them and it can change the hallways and the doors. But then for another 50 minutes, and I know because I timed it, they still are like, well, what if we find this other door? It's yep. like, bitch, all the doors move. Yeah. None, this is, none of this makes sense. You're on the staircases at Hogwarts. You're not getting out. <laughs> yes, you're not getting out. Fuck it. Like, get, give up. And also, everyone forgets that there's that open fourth floor window in both movies where they're like how do we get out i was like there's a window right fucking there fucking idiot and one person gets sucked through it in this one yeah and guess what he gets the fuck outside yeah why doesn't anyone remember it well and i felt like the first one very nihilistic to a frustrating degree and it's because of that that kind of catch where like the the hospital can change on you yeah because that's in place they have no way to get out they don't have a lot of the mythology behind the hospital in the first movie. They, they have a little bit, but not a ton. Then the second movie comes in with all the mythology, but a terrible movie. And so, controversial opinion, these should be one movie. You could have made story choices and had this be, instead of Grave Encounters 1 and 2, just Grave Encounters and had it be a better movie 
with concepts from both. Because there's some things that the second movie does that I really like that I felt like I needed in the first movie, but then there's a lot of the second movie that I just don't need. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the second one is not as good as the first one. No. But it's dumber in a way that makes it a little bit more fun to watch. <laughs> <sighs> there are parts of the second one, after a while I kind of got into it, and I was like, okay, okay. But then at a certain point in the second one, they run into the same trap as the first one, where... The hallways move, but they're still going to try five different hallways before they give up on the fact that the hallways move. But then the change in the second movie is when they run into the guy from the first movie and he has a map and knows how the hallways change. And at that point, I was like, well, now this is fucking great. But what I needed was this and some character like this in the first movie to pace the first movie better and then fuck mm -hmm. a second movie. Yeah, I'm here for Lance Preston. I am too. All day. I'm honestly here for Ghost Cameraman that we get in the second one. I thought yeah. that, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he can hold a camera fucking steady for fucking <laughs> once. I do love that we actually get like a professional cameraman and it's a ghost cameraman. I'm like, I love it. I don't know how the ghost is doing it, but he bought a steady cam for these cameras and I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it because apparently all the rest of these two movies were entirely filmed by somebody who has shaky hands. There's no jokes here that end well for us. I'm just saying <laughs> not a single person in this movie could hold a camera steady. Except for the ghost. Except for the ghost. Which makes me really mad from like a filmmaking standpoint because that tells me that someone in the crew, not like the cast crew, but someone in the actual crew, does have a steady cam and no one does it till the very end. I like that that one guy finally convinces them to put a steady cam and they're like, yeah, but it has to be a ghost. He's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So what did you guys think of the second one? Paige, we already got some of your thoughts. Mikey, what do you think of the second one? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. The first 15 minutes of the first one are so rough, but this one also has a rough 15 to 20 minutes of like the setup does not need this much setup. Right. Can we talk about yes, that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like they give us a lot of backstory for these people who are not likable and to set them up of like going on this journey, which is unnecessary. One, but like the first one, once they get in the hospital and the, and the scares start coming, I like it because it feels like you're in a haunted house. I will say I do really like the concept of a haunted house that changes and traps you inside where it's not just ghost. It's the actual place itself. And I think there are other movies that do this better. I think 1408 is one of them. Uh, 1408 is like my go to movie for the environment changing and trapping you. And this movie does some of the stuff that 1408 also does. But like it's more of a gradual realization in 1408. And I think that's what this movie both of them really are missing is that like they blow the load halfway through the movie where you're like, OK, I know the score. It's haunted. They can't get out. And then they just let characters flounder for 30 to 50 minutes with that knowledge. And we're just watching them futilely struggle and not much happens except for jump scares. And so I'm kind of like, this really needs a streamlined story and a mythology and we have like one movie's worth of that spread across two movies. Yeah. For me, this movie was also very scary. I cannot remember what I gave Grave Encounters 1, but I ranked it pretty high. I'm going to rank this pretty high 
because it was really scary. But parts of it are really dumb. It is just specifically the kind of horror that really affects me, which is like jump scare, shaky camera, like quick turn jump scare kind of horror that, I mean, a lot of people probably would call cheap jump scares. I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I honestly don't feel like, I feel like they're doing their intended purpose, right? They're trying to scare you and they do scare me. I hate all jump scares, whether they're cheap or expensive. So I'm not a fan either way. But I do feel like this movie has some really effective ones that were really scary. I don't know if you guys saw the Todd watching trailers that I did for this. I screamed out loud three times in that trailer. And I did it again when I watched the movie because I wasn't expecting it. That's how, like, quickly it comes up. Like, oh, it was such a scary movie, man. But there are some really bad parts to this movie that I can't wait to talk about with you guys. Like, I don't know. If you have, like, an ultraviolet camera and then someone farts like that, they should go to the doctor. Like, they're putting out (laughs) massive heat out their back porthole. I mean, clearly you've never had a ton of chili, but... (laughs) (laughs) My girlfriend's vegan and her farts aren't aren't, aren't warm. (laughs) Do you think that being vegan gives you cold farts? Yeah, I'm very confused as to what you think veganism is. I wouldn't know. She only eats ice cubes. (laughs) (laughs) Through her butthole. (laughs) Through her butt. I will say that some issue that I take with the jump scares in this movie, for the first half of the movie, every jump scare is a shot from the previous movie that they're then showing someone. Oh, yeah, like on an iPad. And that was cheap as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I hated it too, Paige. I was like, I, that got me when I first watched this. Why did it get me again? Oh, <laughs> see, it didn't get me. I, I'm going <laughs> to, like, real talk, I'm going to rate this movie pretty damn low. But, like specifically that made me angry. Like I didn't even get scared as much as I was like, this is bullshit. This movie doesn't even clock in at 90 minutes and you couldn't even be bothered to actually shoot enough for this one movie. (laughs) Like it feels like this movie has less of a budget than the first one. Possibly. They were only made a year apart. There's also very few fun facts, by the way. Well, I mean, we'll get to that when we get to it. I mean, there's very little box office for this movie too, a page. That might surprise you, but there's very no. little box office for this movie. Um, what was I? I fucking had a thought, and then was it about the cold farts? <laughs> Icy blast. <laughs> we're, we're just gonna let people believe that vegans fart cold, huh? That, that's we're just gonna let it sit. All they do is eat cold bo- broccoli or whatever. It is clear to me more and more every day that you have no idea what the word vegan means. And honestly, she's not like a vegan vegan. She's like a can't have eggs and dairy vegan because she'll go into anaphylaxis shock. uh, And she very much wants to be able to eat those things, but doesn't want to die. No, 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 Todd. I don't think this is personal. I think this is in general Mikey believes that vegans only eat cold things and therefore only fart cold. Oh, wow. This goes deeper than I thought it did. Yeah, I'm not attacking your girlfriend. I'm attacking vegans. (laughs) Ice eaters? I'm not going to waste my time attacking one single person. I'm going after all of them. Hey, vegan (laughs) listeners, I know know you're out there. You don't fart cold. Like, I mean, dispel the myths. You know it's legal to discriminate against vegans? (laughs) (laughs) Look, I've got, like, uh, rosemary lima beans today for, they're cold for lunch or whatever. Whatever, vegans. Look, you can't see my farts on the thermal imaging camera. Ooh, Ooh. I'm fancy. 
<laughs> this is the dumbest thing you have ever brought forth as an idea. I'm Thank so you. fancy. My toots are cold. <laughs> My toots are cold. This is great. <laughs> Can we just get into this episode, though? Come on. We got to talk about this movie. I don't yes. understand what they eat. Just lettuce wraps. Lettuce wraps. With- it's lettuce wrap, lettuce, and nothing else. We've got to move on. Yeah, we got to get into the movie. Okay. Iceberg S- lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> it goes all the way to the top. Mikey, you figured it out. You learned the lesson. I'm sorry. So this movie opens with basically an ad for the first movie for like five whole minutes, by the way. Yeah. And it's a lot of different people like YouTube reviewers talking about it. And we finally end with Alex's movie madness talking about how he hated the first movie. He thought it was derivative and boring. And he's wishing everyone a happy Halloween. Yeah. So we cut to a costume party that same night at some frat on campus, and we see a guy videotaping the whole party. We do see that he's dressed as Thor. We get, like, some shots of the other costumes. I hated that guy, too. He is such a douche the entire movie. I know. Well, and they try to make him likable at the end, and I'm like, too little, too late, guys. Yeah, his name is Trevor in the movie. I'm a horror director. No, 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 that's Alex. We're talking about Trevor at the party. Which one is he? He's the big guy in the Thor costume. Yeah. The guy who's like a douche. Yeah. He's you, uh, Mikey. He's the what you were like in college. No. Did you just wipe your nose on the mic? Was it to me? Use your hand <laughs> like an animal, you bastard. <laughs> anyway, somebody says to him via the camera, are there aren't there some freshmen you can go roofie? And he says, I hope so. And I'm like, oh no. Yeah. He says some real problematic shit. And the funny thing is, I remember Mikey suggesting this movie and then us watching it together, like the, the very first one we did. And I remember mm-hmm. in the beginning of that one, there's some problematic shit too. And Mikey was like, oh man, I forgot about this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> there's problematic <laughs> shit throughout the first movie yeah. to the point where I was like, I don't know if this was improv and they just let this one guy pop way off and didn't edit it back or if somebody wrote this dialogue. But if it was pre-written, they gave every problematic thing to say to the one black character and then killed him first. And I was just like, yeah, this movie is a problem. And in this movie, he even says, you guys, know, you know, ethics get killed first. And I was like, oh, yep. But then again. It happens again in this movie. I know. Because the one non-white character gets killed first. It's problematic. And they they know because they try to be meta. This movie is so meta. And it's annoying for the first 20 minutes. And then right around minute 20, it starts to get interesting. And you kind of settle into, okay, this is what this is going to be. And then... Once they get to the house, it goes bad again. So it's like there's a small window of like 15 minutes of this movie that's like super interesting sandwiched between two parts that are terrible. And then at the end, it starts to get interesting again, but then it's all over. So, you know, anyway, so he's going around the party, which reminded me of college because I had a sorority sister who had what she called a drink fist, which was basically (laughs) a whole can that she would only fist when she was drunk. Now, that makes sense. (laughs) I get it. You don't need to explain. Explain it, Paige. You know those like st- like those foam Hulk hands that came out around the time the first Hulk movie came out, yes, where you'd smash them I together and yeah. be like Hulk smash. Well, yeah. they made ones that also had cup holders in them. Of course, so they she did. had one with a cup holder, and it was her drink fist, and she would wear it out to every party, regardless of costume or outfit. 
<laughs> she was the drink fist girl. Yes. Uh, and when she would occasionally misplace it, she'd be like, where's my drink fist? It was great. Uh, but I was just like watching him with his Thor's hammer that he's like passing around the party. And I was like, oh, it's his drink fist. <laughs> like. <laughs> see what's going on uh he ends up kind of sidling up next to a girl on the couch and she asks where his roommate is yeah she's clearly into his roommate and listen i've been there i've been that guy at the party who's like how you doing and then she's like how's your roommate doing and then you're like i gotta go this party sucks <laughs> here's what's funny this changes throughout the movie because by the end of the movie they have like isolated the roommate Alex where like there are scenes in the tunnel where like she and the Thor roommate are like cuddled up because Alex is losing it so Alex is the director guy right yeah yeah because at one point they're like him and her and Thor are like spooning right yep so Trevor goes back to his dorm where he walks in on Alex the movie douche jerking it mm-hmm. and I mean listen it happens you gotta share a room with somebody yeah. it's bound to happen sometime have you yeah. ever you gotta, walked in on somebody you, Mikey no. I got walked in on once oh, in college okay. I I quickly recovered you have to make eye contact and finish so you're the alpha roommate uh, so Paige how do you recover is it just like you're like oh I'm practicing my DJ skills um, I, I mean, it depends on where you are in the room. I happen to be in bed, so you just, like, covers. Oh, I got you. Uh, you actually mean you covered up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Thor slash Trevor is like, hey, uh, I see that you are uh, five-knuckle shuffling. There's a real girl out there, like a flesh-and-blood lady who wants to be with you, you should, like, fuck this, just go talk to her. Like, Yeah, which is really surprisingly supportive of someone walking into you masturbating. Yeah, honestly. I mean, yeah, I, he's just looking out for his friend, although 10 minutes ago he was trying to pick up that same girl himself and only comes back to the dorm room to seemingly walk in on his friend jerking it to then go directly back to that same party. I think he went to go get his roommate. I think he was yeah. just like, oh, okay, that's what's up. I'm going to go get him. I mean, I think Trevor is a villain, but not for this. I think he's a villain for like, yeah, I should roofie a girl at this party tonight. So yeah. like, shitty guy, decent roommate. Yeah. Ex- and listen, yeah. I know a lot of shitty guys who are great roommates. Yep. Mikey's one of them. That's We have never lived together. Not yet, Mikey. I can't wait till our bachelor 40s. Two dudes <laughs> trying to figure it out. I mean, there's some videos online I can show you if you guys need help. I mean, I would suggest maybe Mikey go on bottom just size-wise, but, like, I'm sure. I'm sure. I prefer that idea. That's how I picture Bert and Ernie doing it. Yeah. Mikey is not enjoying this joke, but I'm here for it. <laughs> I know. I would like that P word. I'm sorry. What is that? I can't. Pants. Layers. He's talking your language. Yeah. <laughs> Talk dirty to my pants. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's move. <laughs> I do like that. Talk I make... about a grave encounter. Says the guy who talks about my dead brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's more of an encounter with grave digger. <laughs> oh, wow. We're still on monster trucks. <laughs> We're going to be on monster truck all day. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So he gives him a costume to wear to the party, which is honestly just him in drag. It's not so much a costume as much as it's just cross-dressing. I mean, yeah, but he he sort of worked that look. It's fine. I mean, I've yeah. done drag at parties. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, so he ends up going to the party, gets 
horrifically drunk and he is abysmal like he's the worst I, no one would want to be around him because he's literally just like I'm a fucking visionary and it's like shut the fuck up Eli Roth go sit on the couch and drink with everybody else no, no shade I, I I like Eli Roth but like come on this dude's like I'm gonna change the landscape of horror you're gonna spend a thousand dollars filming shit with your friends and then go work in retail like the rest of us you film major son of a bitch like come on says the film major on the podcast hey guess what I did no I know that's your path I get it yeah. <laughs> like there you go although he is I think one of the reasons I don't like a lot of horror podcasts because so many of the people that do them are like pretentious a-holes that take themselves way too seriously i take oh, offense no. to that here comes the big college truck student loan mower <laughs> loan mower wow you got fanny may and freddie mac involved in this sponsorship <laughs> more like fender may and fender may. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you owe us F-150K for your education. (laughs) (laughs) So the next morning, he wakes him up with a towel slap to the butt. And he gets it wet first. That would hurt. That would hurt like hell. He'd have like a welt. Yeah. (laughs) It'd be great. So he tells him like, you may want to check your timeline because there's a ton of pictures. Oh my God. I forgot about this. This is. Yeah. The, I fucking hated Trevor so much in this because I like, I know people like this. Like I went to school with people like this mm-hmm. and they're the worst. Um, This is how you can tell when this, like this specifically dates this movie because it's pre Facebook censorship. Yeah. So that so he teabags him and the photo was up on Facebook and not immediately taken down. So uh he ends up untagging it. So Alex is like completely passed out on the couch. There are a bunch of people around him, and Trevor is like teabagging him, balls out on his forehead. Yeah. It is a gross. A few years before this, the frat that was our neighbor yeah. when I was in college got like hardcore fined and like probation and all kinds of stuff because they had video of some of their older members dipping their testicles in powdered sugar and slapping the faces of pledges with them. Why? Okay, like, I don't understand that at all. Like, and I couldn't afford to be in a frat because, like, I just couldn't afford to pay for friends like that because I was poor. Anyway, I definitely would not have let someone slap me with their nuts. To be in a frat. I mean, a a they do have scholarships for flat for frats. Do so they? like that that yeah, absolutely, no dude. Shit. Like yeah. Uh well, that's so cool. like you probably still could have done it. But also I mean, also I probably wouldn't have been selected. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a fat girl that got in on being funny. So like Well, but you're funny, Paige. There's room for everybody. But you have also a lot of other great qualities. Thank you. They had a big screen TV in their living room that opened out to their sliding glass doors and they used to exclusively for some reason watch hardcore pornography meerkat manor and then made in manhattan (laughs) that's it that's all we ever saw them watching through the windows and then at halloween they carved a bunch of pumpkins with anatomically correct genitalia like they basically had a bunch of carved pumpkins that looked like a woman's spread legs So then the next year after they got fined and everything, we got paired up with them to do like an event. And so it was in October and our president at the time, very good friend of mine was like, oh, let's do pumpkin carving. (laughs) 
And so she invited them all over and was like, I loved your pumpkins last year, not realizing that all the dudes that had carved those pumpkins had been kicked out because <laughs> of all the stuff. And so the new guys are like, oh, what were they? And she was like, oh. Uh, um, Here, let me show you. Zip. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. They were cool. Anyway, all that to say, nuts to forehead. Yeah. Dangling his dice on his Terrible. forehead. Terrible. Terrible friends. Terrible friends. So. We cut to Trevor's camera where he's going around interviewing people on campus trying to find weed, which they also they establish that this school is in somewhere on the Pacific West Coast. It sounds like Washington, like maybe close to Seattle because they go to Tacoma and they're able to drive to Vancouver. So I was kind of thinking that's probably where this was or close to it. And he flies to L.A. So that makes sense. Yeah, and so for me, I was like, how are you not going to be able to find weed? Just go outside and throw a rock. Whoever it hits has weed. Well, I mean, he is sort of walking around campus like, weed! I need weed! weed! Like, he's just yelling And it. videotaping it. It's I like, know. I don't know if you're a narc, but if there was a narc, you'd definitely be one. And it does <laughs> right. look like body cam footage. Well, and it's for his documentary that's called high times in film school which i can't think of a worse documentary i'm like this is gonna suck so bad i mean it is a film school documentary most of those are not great that's true i never saw a good film school documentary while i was in film school and i read very few good scripts when i was in film school i mean everyone's learning like i don't i don't feel bad saying that like you're supposed to write a bunch of shit make a bunch of shit so you can get good at what you do every once in a while somebody like ahead of their time really fucking nails it yeah and you're just like whoa and that's really cool when you like read someone's script and you're like oh that person's gonna be famous i think and they're not we all end up working in retail but sometimes people (laughs) write good scripts (laughs) oh janice yeah her documentary was awesome what happened to her (laughs) oh yeah she's in cookware now yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so he goes on his computer because he's trying to report the you know videos on the the timeline and everything and alex sees that he has a video response to his video review of grave encounters and it's a video response that is lance in the room with all the writing but it's not a scene that's in the movie right and the name of the person who sent it is death awaits just like the front door of the movie right and he's like that's pretty weird i think i'll write to them and ask them where they got this movie where they got this video yeah we cut to the set where he's filming his final project for school which i okay so when they shot this i was like oh my god please let this be like a student film like because everyone's like yes bad acting like it's so bad it has to be on purpose so when it's revealed that it was like them acting quote unquote i was like oh good because i can't sit through a movie where everyone is this terrible at acting well that's horror movies (laughs) this was Personally, this was one of the funniest parts of the movie for me. I thought this was hilariously self-aware. Agree. But I do like that Alex was bragging about at the party about how he was going to change horror or whatever. And he's making like a 1970s slasher. Like, it's so basic. Oh, they straight up were like, we're ripping off Saw. Made a lot of money. Not Not even Saw. They're actually ripping off specifically the trailer for Thanksgiving from the Grindhouse trailers that has almost shot for shot this scene. Really? Yes. When did the Grindhouse trailers come out? This year, or actually a year or two before this. So they would have had the ability to reference them when they were making this movie. 
Anyway, so it's a well-worn horror trope. Yeah. Where it's the teens kissing in the car, one of them gets decapitated. It's a whole thing. Yeah, he ain't reinventing shit. No, not at all. And we cut to him kind of going through, I think he's going through dailies because he's also looking at the computer and Death Awaits has replied. Yeah. Uh, But we get a title card that says November 7th, 2011. And the reply that Death Awaits sent is too many numbers to be a phone number. Uh, so we cut to Trevor's camera, which is the high times in film school. So he's filming kind of all of this. Yeah. And this is where we find out that it's coordinates in Vancouver, Canada. And it's the hospital where they believe that the film Grave Encounters was filmed. Which they kept bleeping out in this movie. Well, it's because they called it Collingwood in the original, but it's a real hospital. So they changed the name. Right. It's to be scarier. It honestly feels like they just didn't get the rights to say the name, so they had to like go back and bleep it out every time they said it. Well, I think that's what they're trying to make you think, because it's all fake, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they just made up, and they used that bleeping as a way to be like, we can't even tell you where it is. I'm surprised you don't like the layers of this movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> I am wearing layers right now. I, I can see that. <laughs> and it was like 90 degrees today. But I don't like the layers of this movie. You're right. So this is where we get one of those first really cheap jump scares where we get the running shot from the original movie and they're showing it to other people. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, a lot of people think this is real. And they're like, well, people thought Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity were real. But like, you know, this is like that. It's not real. Right. It's a marketing ploy. It's a a gimmick. Yeah. Which is true. Like it, it is in those situations. Yeah. And Alex basically says, well, none of these actors have done anything since. And the caretaker in the movie that's featured in it has been dead for eight years. He died by suicide. And in my mind, I'm like, but the movie was only filmed last year. But I guess in the world of this film, this film is happening present day. And the previous film happened, I think, in 2002, 2003. Yeah, I think so. They don't explain that well, but I think that's what happened. Um, So it implies that the caretaker died by suicide as a result of the events of the first film, allegedly. No, absolutely. And he was the one who was supposed to come open the door for them, right? Right. And as he's kind of going through all of this, Trevor's like, hey, what about your movie that you're supposed to be making? Like, we have stuff to do. And he's like, sure, but I'm going to try and get in touch with anyone involved in this movie. Something about this just doesn't make sense. I just want to get to the bottom of it. Right. So then we cut to them filming his movie where the cheerleader from the first scene wakes up in a cabin and it's basically torture porn and a guy's pulling out her tooth and trying to drill her eyeball and she's screaming and he basically cuts and they're like, the footage looks great. And he's like, yeah, but this isn't anything new. This is cliche and boring. And it's like, you wrote it. Yeah, I got to rewrite the whole third act page. Yeah, I was like, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah, it's a little late for that. You're like balls deep in production. Yeah, it's in production. Yeah. So he logs into his email and he gets a message from Death Awaits. It's like, hey, you up? <laughs> you up? <laughs> it's honestly just a dick. <laughs> yeah, his name, actually, his name is actually Dick Awaits. <laughs> <laughs> it's just eight equal sign, equal sign, equal sign D, and the D stands for phenomenal. The fact that this haunted psych, psych, psychiatric hospital slides into people's DMs 
kind of hot. Yeah. Honestly, I have the porn parody of this movie completely figured out. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we need to make that. I'll leave that to you, too. I'll be the ghost cameraman. <laughs> so, it's a picture of Sean when he was younger, and it comes with a phone number. By the way, Sean is the lead actor in the original movie, Lance, whatever his stage name was. His actual name is Sean. Preston, I think? Lance Preston, yeah. yeah. And it's Sean Rogerson is his real name. Also, uh, for listeners at home, if someone DMs you a picture of a child with a phone number, don't call him. Yeah, that's a bad plan, but he does anyway. <laughs> that's a real Epstein move. Like, I didn't think about that in the moment, but yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. not calling that number. He does get Sean's mother on the phone, and she agrees to have them interview him. So they drive out to her house. I do like that they're trying to use GPS, and he just says, this is why Terminator turned bad. Robots don't want to help us. (laughs) It was just like a weird throwaway line, (laughs) but it made me laugh really hard. So they show up at the house. An old woman meets them outside. They come in. She asks if they want tea or coffee, and she tells them to go upstairs and wait in Sean's room that he'll be back any moment. As soon as they get up there, they realize that everything is kind of blanketed in a layer of dust. Yeah, because it's been untouched for 10 years. Because it's been untouched for 10 years. Well, but dusting is a hard chore. Is it? I don't know. I mean, it depends. We live really close to a freeway, and so it's just constant. Yeah. Which is kind of gross. You all right, Paige? Yes, I'm just texting Jake to bring me an ice water. Oh. (laughs) Turning vegan? (laughs) 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 Holy shit. That's pretty perfect. Um, Anyway, they're, they're looking at pictures of Lance on the mirror and as they kind of go to stick one of the pictures back they tilt the mirror and in the background you see an old woman standing behind them and they turn and it's the caretaker for lance's mom yeah and they're like yeah uh lance hasn't been here in almost 10 years homegirl has serious dementia and she's in full-time care she's not supposed to answer the phone you shouldn't be here so they find out based on what his mom said that the last thing he did was grave encounters that was like his last project So essentially, this is just more confirmation that people have disappeared after this movie. Yeah. We cut to November 28th, 2011, and I think her name is Jen. It is. Yeah. The girl who was sort of into Alex, but then sort of ends up spooning Trevor late in the movie. Yeah. So she's yelling at him because he didn't go to her play. And it's because he was too busy trying to figure out if this movie's real or not. And he says that they found out that there's a case file. So, like, there's a police file on it. But she doesn't care. She stomps off. Right. Understandably. And Trevor's like, hey, dude, I'd lay off the conspiracy theory if I were you. It's a little much. Yeah. So he does, like, a YouTube update where he's like, hey, uh, I've kind of figured out more information. Everyone in the production is feared dead. We interviewed Sean's mom. It's real. I just need proof. I need to talk to more people. And as he says that, the footage distorts, and he kind of looks like the monster that we've seen in the hospital. That scared the shit out of me. We cut to his printer starts printing without him telling it to, and it gives him the information for a production office in Los Angeles for Hartfield Productions, the same people that produced Grave Encounters. He's making a music video tomorrow. And so he decides to fly to L.A. to basically crash the set. Honestly, that made me so mad. I'm like, this guy just has too much money. 
Like, yeah. if you could just fly to L.A. on a whim, like... Um, I mean, if he's in Seattle, round mm. trip, that's about 200 bucks. Really? Round trip? Yeah, I mean, depending on when you book and how you book. I'm looking at flights for tomorrow from Nashville to LAX. The cheapest flight to LAX is 357 the cheapest flight home from there is also 357 So you'd be spending $700 to do that today? Well, I mean, if, if they're coming from Nashville, yeah. But also remember that you're dealing with hubs. So, like, if yeah. you have a giant airport to giant airport is always cheaper. Yeah, I'm looking at Seattle to L.A. right now. Uh-huh. Cheapest flight, 187 there, 172 back. So, yeah, about what you were saying. Yeah, because you're going SeaTac to LAX. If you wanted to go, like, SeaTac to Burbank, different story, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, he goes to L.A., and he just, like, shows up and claims to be a PA on the project, which, by the way, this could never happen. No. Right. Like, it astounded me that in a movie production, <laughs> they were like, yeah, just roll up to the gate, because they ask for, like, ID. They call people on the production to confirm you're supposed to be there. They, like, secure... You have to go through multiple security checks to get to where you're going, usually. Like, it's crazy. It does look like it's the Paramount lot. At least, like, that's kind of the arch kind of looks like it. Uh, but he literally just drives onto set and then just walks through and then tries to interview him on the set. The fact that he does not get arrested is astounding. But then also... They just, like, lead him back out to his car and are like, we trust you to leave. <laughs> it's wild. But he does get the producer's attention and he comes back out to his car and is like, I'll talk to you, but not here and not on camera tomorrow at two o'clock. Yeah, back at his offices. Yeah. Which honestly might also be on the lot because they have offices on the lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're making a music video, you're probably a third party production. You probably have your own office. But, like, if you're going to an office on the lot they still have to call in and get you a day pass and it's like a whole check-in thing. Oh, like yeah, anytime no, no, no. you have Absolutely. Anytime you go to any lot, budget like an additional half hour just for like security stuff. He goes to the office, he does wear a wire and a spy cam and essentially the producer is like, yeah, everything is true. We paid off all the families. They're all dead, but not really because there's no bodies. They're all quote unquote missing, but we basically paid them to stop looking. Which you can and can't do. I mean, that's why there's still an open case. But, like, that essentially he says that it cost them so much to pay everyone off that they released the movie to recoup costs. Yeah. But the reason he's willing to talk to him is to see if he had enough concrete info to, like, bring a criminal case against him. And he does not. Right. Clearly. Although now he has a tape of the producer right. admitting to everything. And then when Alex leaves and goes back home, he's like, we don't have any evidence. I was like, motherfucker, you have a tape of the producer admitting to it, you idiot. It's not admissible in court because it was taped in the state of California. And California has a double, uh, it's a law where if something is being recorded, it's double consent. Both sides have to consent to the recording. So it would not be admissible in court. Yeah. So he doesn't have proof. He could blackmail him, though. He could blackmail him. Unless he, which I assume his which lawyer would be illegal. like, double consent, motherfucker. Like, what? What? Try bringing that into court. <laughs> anyway, he comes back and he has another message from Death Awaits. And he's basically like, Death Awaits wants us to go to the building. That's the proof that we need. This is now our movie. We're going to film this documentary style and we're going to do a found footage movie. Grave Encounters 2, essentially. I hated this part because I was like, of course Death Awaits wants you to get in the building. Once you're in the building, you're dead. Like, 
Yeah. Did you not watch the first movie that you are like obsessed with? Thank you. Yeah, and if you think it's real, why would you why go? Why would in you there? go? Exactly. That drove me insane. Like I you would have thought that they would have prepared better. Like brought fucking jackhammers or some shit to like jackhammer well, out of the building or something. I don't know. Here's the thing. They bring glow sticks, crowbars, air horns. They yeah. bring a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, why the fuck are you going in the first place? Yeah, are they throwing a rave there? Like glow sticks <laughs> aren't going to do shit. The building changes and traps you there. Well, and this is where I started to really have a problem with this movie. Because I do like all the stuff that he's kind of investigating and finding out that the first one is real. I do think that's pretty cool. But when he's like, well, clearly we got to go. And I'm like, you just proved it was real. <laughs> like, yeah. why would you go? <laughs> what are you doing? None of it makes sense. Anyway, they go. And they all agree <laughs> to go. Because, quote, they could get into Sundance with that shit. Uh. None of the characters are likable. <laughs> no, none not. of the characters are likable. They drive to the hospital, and on the way, they're getting like preliminary documentary footage where he's basically laying out their hypothesis about the movie for the documentary. Right. They get to the hospital, it's clearly the same building, and just as they do, security rolls up on them immediately. And expediently escorts them from the premises. Tries to grab the camera out of the car, too. Yeah. I thought Mm -hmm. that was crazy. Yeah. And he tells them it's for asbestos, that there's a bunch bunch of asbestos in the building and they can't get close to it because they're trying to find missing bodies as best as they can. (laughs) (laughs) I do it every time they say asbestos. That was a callback to the uh, Taking of Deborah Logan episode. Such a good joke. I lost it. I lost it so much. Every time asbestos comes up, that's my favorite joke. Uh, So so they go back to the hotel and they decide that they're going to try and break in. But again, they're showing Tessa, one of the new, like the new girl in their crowd, shots from the first Grave Encounters. And we get like two more jump scares just from her watching it. Yeah, there aren't many jump scares in the first 40 minutes of this movie that aren't from the first movie. Right. And then so they show her the first movie. They're like, we think that's real. So we're going to go there tomorrow. I'd be like, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. They have a continental breakfast at this hotel and I'm a chill here. Yeah. I'll call 911 if I don't see you by morning. So they get a message from Death Awaits that says the west end of the tunnel at 3 a.m. tonight, which is technically tomorrow, but whatever. I have wine coolers. (laughs) I have wine coolers and cookies. That guy crawling into that window with the big mouth is just Chris Hansen. (laughs) Have a seat over there. So they drive up to the property again, but they leave the van out on the road and hike in the rest of the way. They avoid the guard, make a run for it, and we see the death awaits on the door. Now, for me, one of the coolest parts of the first movie is when they're, like, fighting to get out of that locked door. They're going to break the door down. They open it, and it just opens into another hallway. Yeah. And that's the first point in that first movie where you're like, oh, they're fucked. Yeah. They're not getting out, you know, or whatever. And so that door is very kind of a cool callback. But this time they brought bolt cutters. (laughs) They walk in and there's police tape. And they're like, why would the police come here if it's just a movie? And it's clearly not just a movie. Right. They go to the room with the bathtub and they're like, is this where the black guy died? Yes, because the ethnic character always dies first, which again is going to happen in this movie. So then we get a shot of the window that wouldn't open and the tunnels below. And they start to shoot the intro to their documentary, which is basically like 
this is the place where missing people had their lives cut short and whatever. We're going to be meeting with an anonymous source that tipped us off. And so they start to just kind of wander the building and they're like, well, it's massive and it's super easy to get lost. So they start dropping glow sticks to mark their progress and they have GPS machines and an air horn. But my favorite is when she blows the air horn into the boom mic. Oh, yeah. And the girl with the boom is just like, I'm wearing fucking headphones. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's just for us film majors. Thank you. <laughs> like every time they drop the glow sticks, you like vaguely, very quietly hear. Rave encounters. Rave encounters are just like, do you have any water? I've got tablets of E. Yeah. So. We see shots from the first movie near the bathtub and they talk about the guy who lost his life there and they try to record his ghost, but they don't get anything. Uh, this is where they try to use the thermal camera to see if there's cold spots and instead they catch a non-vegan fart on camera. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the output is impressive. Like that is a huge fart. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, you know, when you eat meat, you can achieve great things. <laughs> That's right. Honestly, Predator would be like, oh, I'm out. I'm, I'm just going to go. <laughs> I can't even hunt them. It's just. <laughs> so we cut to the tunnel where they talk about Lance spending his final moments there. And they, they find a half-eaten rat. And my first thought was like, is that the rat from the first movie? But then we'll find out later. It's a new rat. It's a lot of rat. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what uh, LP has been sustaining on. Yep. They get to the room at the west end of the tunnels, and it's 325, and no one is there to meet them. Yeah. And they decide to kind of clear off the table and sit down, only to find out that it's a Ouija table. Yeah. And Jen is like, we should play it. And I'm like, nah, bitch, you're in a haunted ass uh, like hospital. Like, leave. Just leave. That is the one time you don't play with a, I think they call it a spirit table, but it is a Ouija board. It's a we I mean, spirit board, Ouija board. My dearest Jennifer, I have been <laughs> locked in these halls a many a ten years, sustaining <laughs> on rats alone. <laughs> they, they do decide to use the Ouija board. They, it spells out death awaits. What do you want us to do? Film everything. Yeah. And it could have said something like, vegans fart cold. And you're just like, thanks for solving that for us. We eat many rats here on the front because food is scarce. Could you please uh, take as much photographers as you can with your moving picture machine? I've been condemned to the Yankee hospital here in Vancouver. I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. Rim shots. Yeah. So as they step back from the table, all the furniture flies against the walls and they go running. They end up blocking the door. Dude, when the table and the chairs go flying, that scared the shit out of me, too. Like, there are a lot of really effective scares for me in this movie. Yeah. And that is one of them. I was like, damn, Colonel Cornelius is upset. I don't know if our Confederate Ouija Board General ever had a name, but. God damn it, these ice cold farts smell like broccoli. <laughs> My name is Colonel Gravedigger. <laughs> <laughs> and I know your brother will. <laughs> it's me, Trucksecutioner. <laughs> General Trucksecutioner from the South Carolina Trucksecutioner lines. <laughs> we are the old family of Trucksecutioners. My grandfather, Elijah Wagonacutioner. 
<laughs> Have you met my son, Colcott? <laughs> anyway, the door blows open and it's the security guard and he's like, okay, you gotta go. And at this point I was like, perfect, leave. Yes. And no, Alex is like, I'm going to lose 50K full of cameras and my footage if we leave. And I was like, dude, just leave. Come back the next day with the police and get your cameras. Like, I mean, yes. Or just leave and leave the cameras. Like, whatever. Burn it all down. Buy that equipment your school did and it's insured. Like, it's fine. Yeah. So the security guard hears a noise. He thinks there's somebody else upstairs. So he runs and Alex decides that he's going to go up after him to get the cameras and they hear shots fired. So they all run upstairs. They can't find him. And at this point, again, they should leave and try to call 911 while they still can. Yes, absolutely. But no, uh, there's the flashlight on the ground and bullet casings. So they just start running around the hospital, grabbing cameras and they manage to get two or three cameras before weird shit starts to happen and it's not until they get to the third camera where the window opens behind them and they go to grab the camera but he turns to investigate the window we hear whispered voices and then he's blown through the window next to it out onto the front of the building onto the police car or the security car that was so freaky i slowed down the movie and turned the volume and the voices were like hey should we throw this guy out the window and the other guy was like i don't know maybe and the other guy was like fuck yeah let's throw the guy out the window <laughs> and then they throw him out the window and i was like that's really like really on the nose I don't... <laughs> <laughs> really on the ground yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this hospital has a history of being super racist and i don't yeah. like it yeah okay this joke will never make it in it's institutional racism <laughs> keep it why wouldn't that fucking joke keep it? it that's great okay, okay. Little do they know he was taken out by truck executioner. <laughs> oh, here comes the truck executioner. Oh, yeah. Here to snap into your spine, Jim. <laughs> truck executioner is my new favorite character. Uh oh, here comes the one from the Institute, the psychiatrist. so tessa walks into the room she sees the window she sees that he's dead she uses the walkie-talkies and the air horn yeah she was like peter was thrown from the window to the wall (laughs) till the sweat dropped down his balls (laughs) all these bitches fall oh he's dead motherfucker (laughs) so the walkie-talkies and air horn are still working at this point the camera was rolling so they watched the footage back and at this point they're like we're going to get the fuck out, I think. So they go to follow the exit signs as if they haven't seen the fucking first movie and it's a dead end. Because of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, I looked at the time on the movie and there were 50 minutes left. I know. I know. I was like, what is going to happen? Like, is it literally just going to be them stuck in this building for the rest of the movie? And thankfully, it's, it is. it is. I'll say it is. But thankfully, <laughs> I like, yeah, but I really did like the part where they get out, but they're not actually out. I thought that oh, was I loved really that. clever. That was, I think that's the best part of the movie. Same. Honestly, that should have been the end of the movie. Oh, yes. shit. Yes. Or the end of the first movie. Like, had you combined them into yeah. one, and that's the end yep. of the first one, and then they never make another one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So much better. So they're looking for an exit, but the map is useless. And at this point, I'm like, 
Why don't we climb out the broken window? I mean, I get that it's the fourth floor. Like, it's easy to say, well, it's the fourth floor. They can't climb out that. Yeah, there are bed sheets all over this place. You combine bed sheets, tie them off, and break out like 1920s prison break style. Todd, I'll do you one better. They have a fucking duffel bag of camera and sound equipment. Yeah. XLR cables, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. What the fuck? Yeah. Just climb. You have mm-hmm. everything you need to climb down. Yes. Just jump on that guy's body. Peter will break the fall. <laughs> <laughs> So they keep walking because I guess that's going to solve their problems. And they walk into the child's ward. Yeah. At which point there's an abandoned stroller. And this is where I had to pause the movie because I was laughing uncontrollably. Because all I could picture was like, for a crazy baby? (laughs) Did somebody show up with their baby and be like, this infant baby has homicidal tendencies? (laughs) I need it to be institutionalized. Honestly, I'm 100% sure that was just like a single dad who like couldn't handle being a parent. And he was just like, I don't know. She cries all the time. She's got to be crazy. (laughs) She cries, shits, and sleeps. (laughs) She doesn't even make me breakfast. (laughs) She she just needed treatment for being milk drunk too much. (laughs) Well, what I think it is, is I think it's a stroller for a baby doll. It's just not very clear. So in my brain, I just kept picturing scenarios because it's not like a sit-up stroller. It's like a baby, baby stroller. Like a lay down bassinet like stroller. Yes. Yeah. And I was just like, someone handle this baby. <laughs> and I could not stop laughing about it. She gagas when she goo goo, and goo goos when she gagas. <laughs> She's speaking gibberish. We're going to prescribe this baby cocaine and get it over with. <laughs> it's got delusions of grandeur. She tried to walk today. <laughs> anyway, they walk further into the ward. And they see an abandoned rocking horse. And then they see a creepy child. And she's like, I'm Caitlin. Do you want to play a game? And Jen tries to walk over to her like, oh, honey, are you okay? And I'm like, bitch, what about anything that has happened that you have seen in the first movie that you've experienced tonight makes you think this is anything but a terrifying ghost child? It's clearly a ghost child. And it is. It literally is. And it is terrifying. I mean, you know what's going to happen, but it still scared the shit out of me. But yeah, the second you see that child, if you're running at it, you run at it to like punch it in the face. And hopefully you don't get like deaded in the process. Yep. Or you just run away. That's what I would do. Run yeah, away. Which is what, what they do. Yeah. They run away. Uh, they get separated and they have night vision on the cameras, or at least Tessa does. Tessa has one of the cameras. She turns on night vision to because her flashlight doesn't work. And she goes running through the hallways. And we get that same shot as the first movie of all the doors flying open. And she gets dragged down the hallway by an invisible force. Yeah. So, like, it crushes her to the ground and drags her away. Yeah. We cut to Alex talking into the camera. And he's basically like, it's all real. We lost Jerry and Tessa. I don't think we'll see them again. There has to be a reason it brought us here. Film anything. And at this point, they're like, turn the camera off. And he's like, no, I need to, like, document what's going on. They hear a bang. And he basically tells her, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And they climb up the stairs because they hear, like, electricity. And they go in there. And it's the security guard undergoing electric shock therapy. Basically, like, strapped down to a gurney, being shocked repeatedly. And he's not dead. They try to unlock him. 
but then he catches on fire and burns to death. Yeah, he like ignites. It's very scary. Yep. Uh, they run outside. There's a grate on one of the windows that's loose. They have a crowbar. They pry that grate off the window, but something tries to grab them through the window and chases after them. They run down to the lobby and miraculously right outside the front door. The thing that's following them disintegrates at the door. They run past the security cruiser where Jerry is dead on the hood. They get in the van and drive away. And at this point, they're like, we made it out of the building. Like, we won. They get to the hotel room. They pack up their stuff. And they're basically just going to fucking leave. Yes, you fucking bounce. That's exactly what you should do. Like, when this happened, I was like, oh, my God, they're not in the building anymore. Like, they made it out. And there's, like, 45 minutes left of this movie. Like, what is going to happen? Are they going to do, like, logical things of leave and go to the cops and, like, see, like, are we going to see all of that? And we... Don't, but I think in a very cool way, we don't get that. Yeah, they get the worst kind of room service. (laughs) (laughs) So they get in the elevator. They're riding it down, back down to the lobby to go back out to the van. They get a DM from Death Awaits, and he's like, did I say something wrong? (laughs) (laughs) And the elevator doors open into the tunnel. So it made them think they escaped, but they did not. Which is a new power. Like, in the first movie, I don't think the hospital had the power to, like, make you hallucinate it would like change up the maze that is like the hallways and stuff but i didn't think it could make you hallucinate right so they walk down the hallway the the tunnel and they have the thermal camera on and they can see someone else runs towards them so they follow him through the halls and they can tell that it's a person because he gives off a heat signature yes and it's sean he steals one of the cameras they crawl through the vents At one point, Trevor's foot gets caught on his jeans, like, on a screw, and I'm just like, rip your jeans. Like, what is wrong with you? He spends, like, forever caught on that one screw. There's a ghost in the vent, but eventually they make it to Sean's room. Paige, would you say that he got screwed? Yeah. By his own stupidity. You just summed up my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, all he has to do is put the camera down. And, like, rip his foot off that screw and then go. I think us three have talked about this before. The worst part of found footage movies is, like, you would obviously get out of the situation when you would throw the camera down and, like, oh, let me get the screw out of my fucking pants. Yes. I mean, yeah. but unless you're Todd and you, and it's, like, stuck between the layers of jeans you're wearing. I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, it's in the spandex underneath the three jeans. <laughs> I just didn't understand how, because we're now... 20 to 30 minutes from them realizing that the hallways actually change, which they should have known because they saw the first fucking movie. Yes. So we've sat through a whole movie of it and then an extra 30 minutes of people trying stuff that we know won't work. And that sucks. But this is kind of cool. I really liked this because it turns out that it's Lance who's been alive and living on rats. And again, they have him eat a rat raw. And I'm like, we did this once already. Did we have to see this again? If I Okay, if I was stuck... What would Lance Preston do? That's what that's the game I'm going to play. WWLP, Mikey, what do you do if you're Lance Preston? Because like there's a, those pot, those pipes are hot and stuff, right? I assume because you see steam burst out of them, right? Yeah, he's been there for how long? Ten In years. In his time frame, ten years? He didn't learn how to cook the rats on something? <laughs> no, he bites into it like he's Pickle Rick. Right! I was like, yeah. bro, just like skin it. Like, I wanted Lance Preston covered in rat skins. You wanted cast away Lance Preston. Yeah. Yeah. And he just like throws a tape and it like impales a rat. And then he like <laughs> peels it carefully and then like cooks it on a steam pipe. And he's like, welcome 
You guys can live here with me forever. I just really wanted Lance Preston to not be bad. I would argue that he's not, that he's led astray by the entity. Oh, yeah. He's also been through a lot. Yeah. For 10 years. Yep. I don't think you can survive on raw rat for 10 years, right? You could. He has the meatiest farts because he's like the opposite of vegan. <laughs> His farts turn up red, like bright red on the thermal imaging yeah. camera. Um, they explain that they're film students. They show him the movie. And at this point, he's like, well, Kenny's got the keys. He's going to come for us. And they're like, no, Kenny died by suicide. You've been here for nine years. We saw your mom. And he starts cutting his hair because they give him scissors. Which, why? They gave a man who is not mentally stable, perhaps. Mm -hmm. They gave him a sharp object? Yeah, well, I mean, he doesn't do anything with it, but... He does kill one of them later, but... Yeah, not with the scissors, though. I mean, fair. That's fair. With his weapon of choice, the camera. Yeah. Which, also, that's started to turn into a cliche from the movies we watch of the found footage. We're going to kill this person with a camera. Yeah. That's expensive equipment. Well... We find, because they look at all of his drawings on the on the wall, and he's got, like, a blood-red door that he's drawn on the wall. And he, they're like, what is this? And he's like, I've been through every door in the building except this one. He takes them to the door, and it's just a freestanding door. Yeah, it's like in the middle of a big room, a door that literally goes nowhere. Yep, and they reveal that they have bolt cutters. And that's important because the door has chains all around right. it. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, I get that there are chains all around it, but there is a good foot on either side of that door that, like, the chains aren't touching the door because it's, like, around the structure that is holding the door in place. Right. You could open the door and squeeze through it. Or crack it open and look what's on the other side. Exactly. Do you think that Lance Preston is like Rick from Rick and Morty? Because he does go into a portal at the end. (laughs) Uh, I will argue that he gets shit out of the hospital and that is its colon he gets sucked through. (laughs) Okay. I mean, that's what it looks like. Uh, But they tell him that they lost their bag of tools. And he's like, well, I can help you find it. And they're just like, "Um, but the hallways always change. And he's like, yes, but there's patterns. Yeah. And I made a map. He made a map. And it. I love the map because it's got like. Me too. Flaps of like this room becomes this room becomes this room in this order. And so he can kind of like flip parts of it open. And so he plans out a time for them to be able to find the tools and tells them that they have to avoid the area in the center because that's where Dr. Friedkin is. And we find out that the reason one of Lance's eyes is kind of cloudy is from the lobotomy he got at the end of the first film. Yeah. So this is also where we find out that Dr. Friedkin kind of practiced the occult and opened a gateway between the real world and the spirit world. And allegedly that door is the only way out. So they go looking for the tools. He opens a door to what looks like just a closet and he opens it a couple times. And then the third time it changes into a hallway. Yeah. And he says basically like, see, I told you. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. He ends up drinking out of a toilet, which is gross. We see him also put on a shirt. He starts to look more and more like the Lance we remember. And he ends up bashing through a wall in the bathroom, which turns out to be the ceiling of another hallway. But they fall down into that hallway, find the tools, and then they make their way back so that they can rest for a few hours and then open the door. So they set up the camera just in case something happens during the night. And we see the ghost cinematographer take the camera out of their bag and film them and then put it back in the bag. I'm sorry. It's Confederate. It's Confederate. Generally, he's like, my name is Colonel Truck. (laughs) 
<laughs> Colonel Truck? I don't know what we called the truck. I'm you forgot the name of... I won't even say it. Paige, it's, first of all, it's truck execution. Damn it, Paige. But, you gave it away. I was going to make it. But <laughs> if you're going to go the South, just be like, hi, it's me, Truckleberry Finn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here floating on a raft down the Mississippi. I'm Death Awaits. You have been catfished. Speaking of catfish, I love fishing for catfish out on the lake <laughs> at Old Trucksylvania Plantation. <laughs> Kentucky, Michael. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I honestly feel like we're just like this is the first draft of cars before Disney bought it. <laughs> they were like, um, yeah, we have some notes. <laughs> yeah, just just like we rewrote Pretty Women, we're gonna rewrite this one because it's a little dark. Yeah. <laughs> I sit on my porch in Kentucky, and I watch the bumper cars play in the tire fields. <laughs> so Trevor wakes up. He watches the footage back, and he takes the camera into the bathroom. There's like a bathroom right off of yeah, where they does. are. Mm-hmm. And he basically films his last will and testament. And this is where it tries to make him sound like a good guy. While he poops. He's just like. Mm, I'm sorry I was such a dick. Splash! Mm, <laughs> plop, plop. I also hate him so much in this movie that when, like, he's crying and, like, super sad, I'm like, fuck you and die already. Like, I wanted yes. him to be the first one to die. Right. So he comes out. He sees Sean in the bathroom. Yeah, Lance Preston. Yeah, Lance Preston. And Sean beats him with a pipe and then chokes him to death. But as he's doing it, he's like apologizing. He's like, he made me do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He pushes the camera away and something else picks it up. It's the ghost cameraman. Yeah. And he yells into the camera, you did it. We cut to sometime later. We don't know how long. Alex and Jen wake up and they're like, Trevor's dead. We found him in the bathroom. We saw the footage. Sean did this. Yeah. We should have listened to Trevor. Sean took all of our equipment. He just left them a bag and basically one camera. And I do love that this is where, like, we get Lance Preston walking in the hallway with, like, a good camera. Like, he, yep. and he's talking about it, like, welcome back to Grave Encounters. <laughs> I loved it. I loved As it. As you can see, the rest of the crew is no longer no with longer us. No longer with us. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> but he's, like, nailing it like he's, like, an actual host again, which I really oh. enjoyed. I love that he does two takes of it. Yeah. So he's yeah. just like, I'm Lance Preston. No, I'm Lance. And then it's just like he straightens up and he's like, I'm Lance, and he's immediately yeah. back in it, and you're just like, it's so good. Oh, so good. Also, Lance Preston is chiseled in this movie. Oh, he does shredded. go quite castaway, but you guys don't understand. That's the body that Ratatouille makes. <laughs> the Ratatouille diet. All you people trying to get swole out there, you should have been eating rats. Yeah. Uh, AKA, eat more hot dogs. so they follow because he left the map which is all his plan he is trying to get them to follow yeah he wants them to come down to that room yep so he opens the door but there's nothing on the other side and grabs the camera and runs up to the room with the writing on the wall and is basically like what did i do wrong answer me and then it writes on the wall so we find out that the spirit that was writing on the wall mm -hmm. was not 
Like it wasn't a patient writing on the wall. It's the ghost. Yeah, it's yeah, the way. The ghost, then the ghost says, "For a good time, call truck executioner five five five. It's just the coordinates from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the door. The prize wasn't the door. It was the journey to open the door. The prize wasn't the door. It was the friends we murdered along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But essentially, on the wall, it tells him that he has to collect the tapes, get all the footage, and finish the film. And it was weird because next to that, it just says, for a good time, call Sandra. <laughs> oh, AKA Sandra. AKA executioner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you've been picturing executioner as a male this whole time, then check your sexism. Because <laughs> yeah, she's a Misogynist. Lady. Truxecutioner is a lady. <laughs> oh my God, I love this so much. You can tell because she has a bow in her head. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's just as sexist. <laughs> no, it's not. She can express her femininity yeah. however she wants. Also, it's a Wayne's World reference. I'm so sorry. But I'm just picturing the bow and then her license plate just says she, her. <laughs> her license plate is her pronouns. That's so great. I love it so much. Oh, my God. Uh, So Alex and Jen have to cross through the surgical ward to get to the red door. And we see all the same occult stuff from the first movie. They're watching as the doctor allegedly sacrifices a baby in a satanic ritual. They show that. I could not believe it. Like, they hold up the baby, and then you see freaking, like, slice its throat. But here's the thing. So it's clear he's far back enough. It's playing. Oh, my God. That's the carriage. Oh, that's the crazy baby. Um, (laughs) He's far enough away. It's forced perspective. Yeah. But they clearly used a real baby because he slices and we see the like effect of the blood. But then the baby's still moving. (laughs) Just like I'm still a baby in this. I'm in a movie. What? I don't even know because I'm a baby. But when that nurse pops up in that like in their view, that scared Uh. me so bad. And that moment's in the trailer. And it's I yelled both times I watched it in the trailer and in the movie. Like, it's so scary. It's a pretty substantial nurse jump scare. And the room changes around them, revealing the door and it's open and they walk through and there's nothing there. They assume that Sean got out. But it doesn't work that way. And it turns out that he's just hiding in the shadows just beyond the door. And he's like, hey, your friend was dead the moment you stepped foot in here. You all are. And he's got all the cameras floating around him. Yeah. And he says that they told me that if one of us collected all the tapes, they could go. And it's going to be me because I've been in here way too long. Do you have any idea what being here for 10 years can do to a person? I just want to go home. Just give me the footage. And he ends up fighting Sean for it. The wall opens into like a weird portal. Yeah, that's what you'd call it. Yeah, it sucks Sean into it. I think it tries to suck all of them into it. It does, but it stops and closes once it gets Sean. Yeah, I mean, it does. It just gets rid of Sean for the rest of the movie. I Honestly, I did not understand what happened the last like five, ten minutes of this movie because Sean leaves through a butthole <laughs> and then we have and then Alex, you don't understand. like turns on the girl. He's like, you don't understand. has a thing for it. it like, none of it made sense. It, to okay. Me. So it does make sense if you look back and you realize that the institution is a vegan and Sean is a cold fart. And then- <laughs> it's sucking him through to fart him out into the universe. Uh-huh. So once Sean is gone, Alex and Jen kind of get up, and Alex basically is like, "Well, 
uh, I just figured out how I'm going to end the movie because only one of us gets out and you wanted an epic death scene. So and he just bludgeons her to death with the camera. It is brutal, which is bonkers, right? Like, yeah, yeah. it does not show him get possessed or anything. No, he's just a sociopath. Yeah, Yeah. he just gets up and he's like, oh, yeah, cool, 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 cool. Now it's time for me to murder you. Yeah, so he does. And then he says to the entity, I'll do it. I'll finish your film. They'll see it and they'll come. I won't let you down. He collects all the cameras. I liked how the cameras acted like the cameras from Mario Kart, like the guy in the cloud was just like holding them on the fishing pole. (laughs) I did think it was weird that you heard Kevin Costner say, If you film it, they will come. Which is what I say every time I set up a tripod in the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Make a tape, ladies. Mm -hmm. So I I have not. There's no tape. Don't go looking for a tape. To me, baseball is so boring. Even ghost playing it would not get me to the stadium. Same. (laughs) Um, here's the thing. I like going to see major league baseball games, not to watch the games, but to eat as many nachos as I physically can. Uh And Uh yell at my friends. (laughs) I used to go to Padres games with my friend in San Diego who had season tickets because the stadium's cool. Yeah. And we would just like go eat at like really nice restaurants while the game's going on. And like we'd hang out and have a good time. We'd occasionally watch a pitch or two. Yep. But it was not about the game. No, it's all (laughs) about hanging out, eating the worst food imaginable with your friends. Yeah. It's not really about Shoeless Joe Jackson. It's about Kevin Costner reconnecting with his dad. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) So he walks through the door with all the cameras, and it actually is an exit, and it drops him into the middle of the desert, and the door crumbles away. Now, something really important happened. I watched this on Amazon because it was free with ads. Yes, And at this point, the door crumbled away, and then I saw a school bus and cyclists because it was an OnStar commercial, but I watched through almost the entire commercial before I realized it wasn't part of the movie because I was just like, what's happening? Is this like Nightmare 2 with the school bus? And then it was like, OnStar is there for you. And I was like, is OnStar in this movie? And then I was like, oh, no, wait, ads. Oh, my God. We cut back from the ads, and it's December 5th, 2011, and police cars pull up behind him walking through the street with his bag of cameras because they got reports of him wandering across I-5. Yeah. And he asks them what city he is, what city is he in, and it's Los Angeles. So from British Columbia, so Vancouver, to Los Angeles instantly. Which, I mean, of course he would be somewhere close to there because he ended up in the desert. Like, there isn't much of that up north. There's also not much of it in Los Angeles. He would have had to walk a fair amount to get to L.A. proper. Yeah. Especially to get to the 5, because he would have had to walk along the 10 from the desert to get to the 5, or the 210, or the 134, whatever. I swear to God, this is something that only people in California do. It's only Southern. It's only Southern California that does it. Oh, is it? Okay, because I would go to Padres games, and I literally heard someone yell when they were playing the um who who's the LA baseball team? Dodgers. Los Doyers. When they were playing the Dodgers, I heard a Padres fan from San Diego, she must have been, yell at the Dodgers how to drive back to LA. <laughs> she was like, You get out of here. You take the five <laughs> to the four oh five and then get off on sunset. Like she was giving them directions back home. Oh, that's the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. It was 
nuts. I loved it. It was so funny. I would say this is the best kind of heckling because it is wildly accurate. It is both hilarious and accurate at the same time. And it's because traffic in Los Angeles is so bad, you need to know multiple routes to get wherever you're going. And so it is a normal conversation topic to describe how you got somewhere. And we're also, I think we're one of the only places that put the in front of whatever freeway it was or interstate or highway. Yeah. And so you'll be like, yeah, I took the uh, two to the five to the 110 to the 10 all the way down to La Cienega. And that's like normal. So to insult a person from L.A. by telling them how to get back is very, very funny. funny. It was very funny. The funniest tackle I've ever seen was when I went to see Robbie Knievel, the son of Evil Knievel, jump like 13 school buses one day because I was bored and I had, like, it was free. You could just go to it. You do not have to downplay the fact that that's super cool and I would go see that immediately and pay money. Same. Whatever. A a few of my friends and I rode out to go see it. It It's back when I had a motorcycle. We rode out to go see it. And he was, like, talking before he was about to jump. And it was clear he was drunk. Oh, that's not good. Oh, no. It made it seem more dangerous to me. But, like, he got (laughs) to the point where he was praying before he did his jump. He was praying for about, this is not an exaggeration, 13 minutes. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. But in his defense, that's it's like only a 30-second show. Like, you have to, like, pad the time somewhere. Oh, I mean, that's true. Yeah, once he jumps, it's over, right? So, like, it's like a 30-second thing, and then everyone goes home. So I get what you're saying. But apparently, and listen, it was at Nashville Speedway. So, like, (laughs) everyone there was really drunk and had been, and it was 2 p.m. So, like, there was a lady there who had clearly had enough of the prayer, and she stood up and said, Go ahead and jump! Woo! And I swear to God, she thought people were going to start cheering with her. (laughs) (laughs) No one Not a soul cheered with her. And she did this like, I wish you guys could see me because it's going to be a little visual. But she like looked left and looked right and no one said anything. And then she just slowly sat back down like she poured herself (laughs) back into her chair and did not move until Robbie had jumped. Oh, my God. Yes. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And of course, even though he seemed super drunk, he crushed the jump. It was cool. That was amazing. But ever since then, I will, like, occasionally yell at my brother who was there, Go ahead and jump! (laughs) Woo! Because it was amazing. (laughs) Best heckle in the world. A couple of my friends and I were at an open mic when uh, a woman heckled another comedian by asking, What that dick do? And so we yelled that at each other. (laughs) (laughs) Was she a guest on Taco Cat's podcast? (laughs) No, but just, like, drunk. (laughs) That's a joke. For the people who listen to the end of the episodes. It is. She was an audience member, or we thought she was an audience member. <laughs> and she's like, what did dick do? And we were like, that's hilarious. And then they pulled the next name for the open mic, and it was her. And oh, what that dick do was basically her catchphrase. So she'd be like, so I was walking down the store, and I saw this guy, and I was like, what did dick do? <laughs> and we yelled it at each other forever it was the funniest thing in the world that's a good catchphrase could it be truck circutioner's catchphrase (laughs) (laughs) no it'd be truck that dick do (laughs) truck that dick do (laughs) it (sighs) makes so much less sense but i love it okay (laughs) so 
we cut to October 1st, 2012. So basically a full year later. I'm sorry. I just see it like a truck with like an awesome paint job and like flames on the side, but it spells out truck that dick do. <laughs> like in like flame font. <laughs> so we cut back and now he, Alex is in an interview with that producer, the one who produced Grave Encounters 1. And yeah. they're basically going through an interview of like, hey, it's fake, but he made a great sequel. It's all been doctored and manipulated. Don't go looking for the building. There's nothing there. And as he said it, coordinates flash across the screen. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. So having seen both of the grave encounters, what do you guys think? I stand by my assertion it should be one movie. Mikey, what about you? What do you guys think about this one specifically? I don't like the sequel as much as the first one. It's It's got some interesting ideas, but it just feels like the stuff that they were like, I wish we could do this in our first one, and then they, they made a little bit of money. Like, let's just do it really quickly. Well, th this came out like 11 months afterwards. Yeah. So this is rushed through production. It's like a Friday the 13th sequel. I mean, I prefer Friday the 13th sequels. This is kind of, it reminds me of like Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2, where I feel like... All of these ideas were ideas for the first movie, and whatever was left over got put in the second one. But unfortunately, the stuff that they left over would have made the first one better. Like, it should just, I mean, I feel like I liked them both the same, but I think I would have liked a combined version a lot better. I also liked the cast of the first one. They were a little bit more likable, and Lance yes. Preston was likable. Same. And, like, I felt bad for them that they couldn't get out. I liked the fake psychic in the first oh, one. Oh, so much. The so, so funny. I don't think this one was as scary as the first one, although I don't remember what I gave the first one. But this super scared me. It was a very scary movie, and I don't think it was as good as Grave Encounters. Like, I'm more annoyed I had to watch this than I when I had to watch Grave Encounters. Mm -hmm. Because Grave Encounters, even though it's super low budget, you can be like, oh, wow, they actually did some kind of cool stuff with, like, almost no budget. Like, that's kind of cool. Uh, and this felt like it had more of a budget but did less cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? Very, 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 very few. Hit us with your fun facts. Your few fun, fun facts. facts. So, when I went to go look for fun facts, if you type into Google Grave Encounters, one of the first, you know, where it like suggests what people have also searched for. The first one is just, why is Grave Encounters 2 so bad in all caps? <laughs> oh, no. I thought that was real funny. I do love how that qualifies as a fun fact. Yep. <laughs> Grave Encounters 3 opens up with like a montage of people shitting on the second one. <laughs> So right before the credits flash, there's those coordinates, and it is the exact location of the building that's featured in the movie, and it is supposedly Riverview Hospital in British Columbia, Canada. Neat. Okay. Because they wanted to try and make it seem real, all of the actors' names from the first movie, like the actual actors in the movie, are used in the second movie as their actor names. Oh. So it's as if their character names from the first movie are stage names. So they really do present it as real. So that was literally all of the fun facts. So I pulled some choice movie reviews from Rotten Tomatoes. Are you ready? Oh, I love it. Excellent. Yeah, hit us with them. Dennis Harvey at Variety says that this movie adds additional layers of self-consciousness to a story that was already pretty derivative. <laughs> and CJ Prince from Way Too Indie says, waste any more time with these films and you'd be better off in a madhouse. Uh -huh. And finally... Oh, wow. 
Gimli M, who is just one of the like power reviewers on Rotten Tomatoes, says the third act is essentially just a worse version of the whole first movie. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, not incorrect. <laughs> Those are your fun facts. There are very few good reviews of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's do some box office. So, what do you think the budget for Grave Encounters 2 was in 2012? I think this movie cost about a million bucks. Okay. I'm going to say $2 million. It's almost right in the middle. It's $1.4 million is the budget that I found for this movie. I did not find any specific breakdown of like how it did on uh, when it opened up in theaters, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So all I have is what it made at the box office total. So you guys want to take a guess at what it made at the box office total? $25,000. Oh, wow, Paige. Should I go higher? That's how much you liked it. <laughs> no, okay, two two fifty. Let's make it two fifty. Okay, two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, two hundred fifty thousand. I'm gonna say four hundred and six. All right. So on Wikipedia, it claims that it made eight point two million dollars. Wow. What? Okay, that's a lot more than I expected. I could not find that substantiated anywhere other than Wikipedia. And where I normally pull box office numbers for. They didn't have anything for domestic, but they had $225,000 for international. All right. So I don't know. I wasn't in the horror scene at this time in my life in 2012 because I was like on the road and I hated horror movies. So like, did this get a theatrical release? Not that I remember. Uh, no, I saw it, but I, I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure if this got a domestic theatrical release. I might be wrong about that, but it doesn't say on like the Wikipedia on the site where I get box office numbers normally, it says they didn't get one. So I don't know where they're coming up with that $8.2 million figure. I'm wondering if that's home. Home market? It could be. Yeah. But that is actually normally tracked on the website I use to pull numbers. Hmm. But it did not track this movie. Interesting. But, I mean, hopefully they made their money back. I always feel bad when, like, low-budget filmmakers don't make their money back. Yeah. Well, this was definitely financed because it was financed off of the first movie. Yes. No, absolutely it was, and which is why they had a bigger budget for this one. Yeah. Do you think that Lance Preston and the institution are still together? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. Somewhere. So that's your box office. So, Mikey, let's hit him with that scary scale. Listeners, the scary scale is a scale of 1 to 10 of how scary we found the film when we watched it this time. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Paige, how scary did you find this film? Two. Mm. Oh, my God. Todd, Todd, how scary did you find the film? <laughs> Mikey, after dark. <laughs> I, oh, You guys are going to get so mad at me. I would give this film a seven. Okay. It scared the shit out of me. Mm. Did you poop out a Lance Preston? <laughs> Mikey, what would you get on the scary scale? I think I'm going to do like a two like page. It was scary the first time I saw it because I saw it in the dark and all this other stuff. Yeah, this is a second, a third viewing for the you. The second time. And then. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then like as I've gotten older, the more I dislike the main cast, I'm like, I don't get scared when they're about to die. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when Trevor died, I was like, thank goodness. I hated him so much. Does that mean I have less empathy? I don't understand what's happening to me. Yeah, I think that is what it means, Mikey. Okay, well, maybe I'm burned <laughs> out. I don't, I don't know. 
Yeah, COVID's been a hard time, man. We're coming out of it, but like, we're not coming out of it the same. So this week, you guys made me watch Grave Encounters. What are you making me watch next week? We're all watching something together, Todd, because next week is Conjuring 3. And so for those of you joining us in Los Angeles and Nashville, you'll see it with us in the theaters. Uh, If you are not joining us, Try to see it in the movie theaters. There will definitely be spoilers, obviously. And that's going to be our next movie. I can't believe we're recording this on May 27th. So like a little bit more than a week out from that meetup. Mm -hmm. The Nashville meetup's already full. Like, yeah, all like we don't have any more space available for the Nashville meetup. I cannot believe that. That is insane. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I can't wait. It's going to be great. So your homework is to go to one of the meetups. I think the L.A. has a few more spots open. Nashville's full up. L.A. has a couple spots left. Uh, Nashville's full. Uh, But come on out and see it with us in L.A. We'd love to have you. So, yeah, sign up for the L.A. meetup online. All of the signups are now public and honestly might be full at this point. But we'll see. So, uh, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No. Well, while you look one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast, and that is simply to leave us a five-star text review, and that way Mikey has something to read. So, Mikey, who's you going to read this week? Hold on. I'm going to try to find one that talks nice about me. Well, while Mikey takes Done. a Already year found and a half it. to find- <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm just going to do whatever the first one. All right, so- uh... is, this, is, is this because you skipped the one that said I was the funny one? What are you talking about? Yeah, it's out there, guys. He's gas- Find the He's review. gaslighting you. <laughs> uh, okay we're gonna do the first one all right so no dak girl 89 no dak girl 89 what does she have to say girl g-r-l girl girl no dak girl 89 they say this podcast can get it yeah oh, like yeah. That. you can get it girl i <laughs> you like that? i absolutely love this podcast uh todd mikey and Paige review the entire movie with humor and honest assessments oh i thank you the horror virgin quote unquote todd Oh, that's me. Why do you say that with such disdain? <laughs> does his best. Put some respect on your mouth. Because you're a virgin who can't drive. <laughs> uh, Todd. I wasn't driving the truck. Oh, shit. I didn't even put that together until now. <laughs> um, uh, truck executioner knows what's oh my up. God, we've got we've to get less dark. We've got to. Yeah. Ugh. Listen, I and my mother would appreciate it. We're alienating the car crowd. <laughs> <laughs> the car enthusiasts and Fast and the Furious fans. Are you saying we're going to see a dip in traffic? <laughs> <laughs> I've been laughing so much tonight, my throat hurts. Okay. All right. So Todd does his best to not be completely emotionally scarred from his obvious aversion to anything horror horror true obvious aversion being a very hard two-word thing to read at the same time um page tells it like it <laughs> oh my wait this this review sucks page tells it like it is and mikey is forever single like that's my Aww. thing that's that's my podcast thing <laughs> page tells Accurate, it like it girl. is mikey is forever single yeah sounds about I right mean, mikey yeah that sounds exactly correct to me Unless there is something you want to tell the podcast community about tonight. I, I don't. I don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> what you're bringing to this show is a dick this community property. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't like horror movies, these guys are so funny. They are definitely worth a listen. Five stars. Aww, well, thank, thank you. you so much. No Dak Girl 89 for that amazing review. And if you want to be like No Dak Girl 89, 
Make sure to leave us a five-star text review so Mikey has something to read on our next episode. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at mrandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the mm-hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. And literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's Twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick B. Nick B. Fun fact. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, He actually used to drive in monster truck rallies. (laughs) Oh, no. But he got out of the sport because he didn't believe in the way they were mistreating the trucks. (laughs) (laughs) They turn him into glue when they can't jump anymore. Yep. Did you guys know that? I did. This episode was also brought to you by Ori. Ori. And Ori helped me out of a tight spot. I was like lost trying to find my way around somewhere. And they had like a very intricate map that showed me how to like get out of that area. It was very, very helpful. So Ori, thank you so much for sharing your Marauders map with me. Convenient. Yes. This episode's also brought to you by Brandon's Bug Business, and Brandon's Bug Business is actually called Bug Cage Company on Facebook, so if you need any scorpion, centipede, millipede, spider, or any other apede that you might need... Or whatever's bugging you. For whatever's bugging you. Yeah. You're welcome. For practical or pranking purposes, reach out to Bug Cage Company on Facebook, and they will ship you some bugs. This episode's brought to you by the letter Jeff. And Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down a new episode of uh, Jessica Jones, the Netflix Marvel TV show. Garf. Garf. (laughs) This episode also brought to you by Taco Cat. And Taco Cat wants you to check out his podcast, What's the Dick Shaking at You Drink Wise? Yeah. It's actually called Bug... (laughs) Bug Case Company. (laughs) It's actually called What's New Barkeep? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where each week they talk super nerdy shit like D&D and like anime probably and like some of that very, very nerdy stuff or like more pop culture type stuff like Marvel movies and stuff like that. But each week they try a new alcoholic beverage. So check out What's New Barkeep on any podcast app. Or this episode was also brought to you by Awesome Possum Blossom. And Awesome Possum Blossom wants me to give you some awesome possum facts. So here's one for you. They get run over by trucks? Actually, Mikey, my fun fact this week is they never get run over by trucks. 
whenever you see one that looks that way, it's just really good at playing dead. Like with camouflage. <laughs> with props and blood and everything. Yeah, they have like squibs and makeup artists and everything. They go all out. Yeah. That's impossible. <laughs> We now return you to another implausible episode of uh, The, the Patreonicals. All right. Last time things happened. Wow, was that your recap? <laughs> We're moving along. I mean, technically it's recorded. They could go back and listen, which um, I guarantee you Mikey didn't do, and he has no idea where we are right now. I mean, I am the creator, and you are the consumer. <laughs> the title of my novel. Okay, anyway, back on Earth. Yeah, weren't two people getting it yes. on last week? Eddie and Sasha have been getting it on. Sasha has had a baby. Wow, that was quick. She used special technology, and now it's being raised by the special forces koalas that were Eddie's for a long time. They've come back into the picture, and they're conquering the Earth. Hang on. Do special forces koalas wear berets? Because that would be the cutest special forces group I've ever seen yeah, in my life. To. It is as uh, a special force koala. <laughs> I have been in the trees eating all the yes. eucalyptus. <laughs> I don't know why they're French page, but I'm here for it. My body cannot digest these leaves, and yet I eat them regardless. My wheel is ironclad. My uh, farts are cold. Yeah. <laughs> you have never seen a felt as icy, sweet, and cold as mine. I, he went a little Irish at the end. I'm sorry. He, he went a little Irish at the end, but honestly, <laughs> loved it. Listen, they, they get all about in their special forces duties, so they got to be able to change in and out of these accents to blend in. I get it. Yep. Well, Eddie and Sasha have solved the zombie outbreak by murdering all of them, but they've also murdered all the people who oppose their rule as king and queen of Earth. And they've actually lined one country, like no, no, no they've they've lined people up from one side of America to the other, like hands across America, but they're <laughs> oh lined up on pikes. Any, wow. They've killed anyone who opposes them. So the line of dead bodies goes all the way across America? Yeah. Just test me, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of mammals were involved of that. And they're building an uber mammaltopia that takes up the whole East Coast. like Kind of like Judge Dredd, the movie with the big mega city. Even though koalas are marsupials? We they, have pouches, asshole. They're still mammals. No, they're marsupials. Don't they milk them? Yeah, but they have a pouch, which <laughs> makes them a marsupial, not a mammal. I believe marsupials are a subclass of mammal. Nope, they're a subclass of allotherials. <sighs> to Google! I'm Googling it right now. I mean, Eddie can talk to them. Okay, so it's one of those things where not all marsupials are mammals, but... All mammals are marsupials? That doesn't seem right. <laughs> no, it's some marsupials are mammals, some are not. But what about koalas? Koalas are technically mammals. That's right. That's right. That was an accident for me being wrong because I had no a right. I had no confidence in that. You had so little confidence that you just said you weren't right. <laughs> I'm used, so used to losing arguments. I just concede after we look stuff up. Okay. Anyway, they also killed people. Eddie can talk to now. He he evolved his powers by having sex with Sasha, so he can talk to all animals. There. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got sexually transmitted animals. They must have been doing a doggy style, so now he can talk to other types of animals. Well, dogs are also mammals. 
We're getting off track. Are they? Yes. <laughs> Anything with okay. If it if it comes out, mammals just means that nipples feed the babies. It, it means that they're warm blooded, usually have hair and produce milk. Yes. Okay. Now Todd's going. Wait, wait, this is turned into a whole like eighth grade animal lesson. I know, and I don't know. This shit. isn't fucking the zoo books. This is the Patreonicals. Okay, we're getting back oh, on excuse track. Excuse me. Excuse me, Mikey. Uh, Kate lands on <laughs> Earth with Scott. He's the rock thing. And um, yeah. Dave and Evil Matthew went with her this week. <laughs> and right, because <laughs> we were debating whether Evil Matthew was still evil. Right, right. So he's still struggling if he's evil or not. And he lands, they land in America and they see the line of corpses and they're like, he's like, maybe I'm not that evil because that looks. I mean, I feel like if you see that and you're not like excited by it, you're not evil. But if you're like, I'm into that, then you are evil. I mean, it's impressive, like objectively, but like, okay, so now we're just going to split hairs because like, I will say it is also an impressive feat to have killed that many people. It's also horrific. Totally true. So they land and they're attacked by Paige, name a mammal. Any mammal? Whales. Okay. Okay. Wait, That's... whales are mammals? <laughs> yes. Yes. Todd, do you not know that? So anyway, <laughs> a plane of dogs... <laughs> Dogs flying bombers bomb whales onto the people. This is, it's hard to get whales on dry land, but I'm going to get there. Uh, and <laughs> they look up and they're like, oh, shit, it's whales. Just falling out of the sky? Yeah. Oh, wait, the dog bombers aren't dropping bombs. They're dropping whales? Yeah. That's messed up because that's killing the whale and the people they're dropping the whales on. Yeah, they're being total beaches because they're <laughs> beaching the whales. Okay. Anyway, this is taking long. Anyway, so uh, Kate puts up her psychic barrier. Um, Dave did not make it into the psychic barrier and gets crushed by a whale. And his Ooh. head splatters out and flies off and hits scott in the face and like on his eye and his eye starts watering and it was just really just inconvenient for everyone but it's the first time scott's gotten head in a long time yeah because he's made of rocks and he's been rock hard oh. forever <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you mikey and um uh evil matthew starts crying because he's struck because he's like maybe i'm not evil because this is all real bad so cut to space wait does he still have a mustache or not he, he does he does still have a mustache okay so technically still evil true uh we'll get there and then uh in space um amy and uh domasaurus are flying the ship together because domasaurus has a hard time reaching all the buttons with his t-rex arms so amy's helping out and they've <laughs> they've charted the course tristam needs to be fed uh neutrons to, for the engine to go and so um what happens is is that isaac starts eating dark meat matter and dark meter. Mikey. Oh, okay. And then he does a big juicy non-vegan fart into the engine. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. So it was a real warm, like really hot fart. Uh-huh. But it smells so bad that Kirun passes out. Uh, but it's like the moon people, they love farts. So Danielle comes in. <laughs> I hear it's a compliment in some cultures. Yeah, but they're about f a fourth of the way to the center of the galaxy, and that's the episode. What is the gestation period of a Sasha baby? Where's our space crew heading? What exactly is a mammal? Find <laughs> out next week on another episode of The, the Patreonicals. Patreonicals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. 
I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye! Vegan farts? Cold, Cold fart nerds! <laughs> <laughs> I love that we did that at the same time, Paige. That's amazing. <laughs>